Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 30 of Pigskins and Nylon, presented by TabEase.com, the best Delta 8 edible on the market. That's right. We got our podcast married. We got ourselves a sponsor. I'm Wally Lukashensky, and with me again today are my buddies, Casey Mock and Hayden Ramsey. Let's say hello to the boys. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great, Wally. That was a heck of a job by you to reel in our first sponsor, but that that's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I mean, just another week, really. We got a game on Friday, like a, a winnable opponent, in my opinion, but the, uh, the COVID bug is kind of hitting us a little bit right now. And we only had 22 players at our at our practice today. So hopefully we can get that turned around. A great slate of Big Ten games this weekend. I don't have any plans again, and I love weekends like that. But it seems like those Saturdays just always kind of fly by. But really looking forward to it. Yeah, as you should be. I'm looking forward to you getting in the playoffs and hopefully getting down there to see that as well. So Hayden, I got to hear over the weekend you got a win against Van Lu. What have you been up this week? You excited? You think you have a chance to make it a third win on the year this Friday? Casey, I think I can beat you in uh, total number of players at practice this week. We have had an average of uh, 15 players this week. So you know we are uh, ready to go, ready to go for this week. I will stay away from my prediction on the uh, outcome this week, but you never know. Give Give us a puncher's chance. We will always give you that puncher's chance. And it's, first of all, thank you guys for holding the fort down without me the last couple shows. You did a great job. And Casey, you were hypercritical of yourself on doing this job because you did a really good job. I don't care if you got the big eyes right now as if you didn't, but thank you both for keeping things under control. I'm not lying to you. You did good. It was not the same without you. I struggled with transitions and you cannot even say I did it. You Well, the thing was is that you kept thinking you were struggling with transitions. It's as easy as just starting to talk about the next game. It's really not that hard. So instead of listening to you guys compliment each other, I have one more important thing to say real quick. And you guys wouldn't know anything about this, but my Atlanta Braves won a playoff series. So we're moving on to the NLCS, baby. I'm hoping... See, I don't know who I want to play yet. It's not like I really... It's not like either one is really bad uh, or or good. Both options are bad. But I think I would rather play the Giants than the Dodgers, but maybe I'm just crazy. You guys wouldn't know anything about playoff baseball, but that's fine. I hope you get to Game 7 of the World Series and lose. That's that's not a nice friend. You know, I used to really try to talk myself into rooting for the Braves, and then there'll be these handful of comments like that. You won't know nothing about playoff baseball. Now all of a sudden I might have a West Coast bias. I don't know. I don't want to, you were on, you were on sell the team come May 1st. So I don't want to hear anything about anything about the pirates or me hating on the pirates. You were, you were on the sell the team bandwagon and now it's kind of, you know, you've, you've changed your tune a little bit. There's a little kid in the corner. That's this fragile kid that's afraid of everybody and you just can't help yourself but kick them while they're down anyways you're just bullying a little team right now Hayden that's all you're doing makes me feel better about myself I believe it does but just a little about me here now this weekend I had those three weddings missed a lot of football but I did cram in as much as I could in those little hidden moments right before the ceremony right after the ceremony 
You have me hidden in the groom's room watching Penn State and Iowa just to have that freaking text alert come across right as I'm about to give my best man speech that the Hawkeyes come back. Sean Clifford out with that. So we'll get into that, I'm sure, here in a little while. But let's jump right into our topics now. Let's go to Casey, you first, with a little bit of our recruiting corner, a little bit of an update for us. Is it still more of the same? We're starting to see a little bit of that dead period, or maybe perhaps we're seeing some basketball recruits right now. Yeah, I would say it's, it's picking up a little bit. A lot of kids are getting on campus and getting toward the end of their senior years. We did only have two commits since our last show. Nebraska got a three-star linebacker, Gage Stenger. I'm not really sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but he's from Omaha, um, 84 rating on 247. So, uh, I mean, decent recruit for Nebraska. And then Iowa landed a three-star running back, kind of a big boy, 6'1", 215. Caleb Johnson from Hamilton, Ohio. He's ranked 524th overall, so pretty decent recruit for Iowa as well. And then right before I got on here, I did notice that there were a couple big-time crystal balls for Ohio State to get uh, Kiana Jackson. He's a 6'5", 231 edge rusher from Florida. He's a top 100 guy, um, really good size. So something to keep an eye on there. In the basketball world, you know, I don't think it's much of a surprise, but Jet Howard did end up committing to Michigan. I wonder what they're paying that kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, whatever whatever Juwan's salary is, I'm sure that helps. Um, but that bumps Michigan up to number three in the recruiting rankings, right behind Ohio State and Duke. So two big 10 schools in the top three, that's pretty sweet. Go Bucks. I, I mean, if Michigan lands one, one other basketball recruit, they're going to um, be ahead of them just because Ohio State is sitting at second right now because they do have a good class, but they also have five commits, which is go Bucks. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Duke, on the other hand, has four commits and is um, in first place. But other than that, kind of slow, I guess, but um, hopefully picking up here soon. How does Duke not drop off after the Coach K announcement? How does that happen? They have four commits in the number one class. They're absolutely loaded for this coming year. Like you, I thought that I thought there would be some sort of drop off. Unbelievable! The rich get richer. It's almost that same kind of discussion that you've seen in the past, where at the time Florida State, when you lose a guy like Bobby Bowden, or I guess for like Ohio State, when they had that little bit of a resurgence with Jim Trestle, when you have those coaching departures, you expect the fall off sometimes. But I think that that brand that's been created has all of a sudden become too big to fail, and that's Duke now. I feel like Duke is officially, without Coach K even, one of the premier places everybody wants to play. We're not going to spend too much time on Duke, but just to give you an idea of what their recruiting class looks like, they have the number two, the number five, and number eight overall players in the 247 rankings. So three of the top eight players are going to Duke, and two of them are big men. Uh, one's seven foot one, the other one's six foot eleven, both centers. So. Um, very interesting. Duke continues to roll, but let's hop into any other topics that we have. Enough Duke basketball. Yeah, we'll go right now. I decided I wanted to have almost kind of just like an open discussion real quick before we go into our game previews, just because since I wasn't here, I wanted to have a little bit of a discussion about how we have five Big Ten teams in the top 10 now. And that had a couple questions formulating in my head that I want to ask you real quick. 
Is there a biggest pretender that in this group of five of the top 10 Big Ten teams that you look at and you say, you do not belong here. You do not belong with these groups. You are a little bit of, I guess, just that, a pretender at this moment. And the second question, I'll throw it over to you guys here in a second, is then of these five teams, is there one of these five that you think has a shot to win a national title? Those are two fantastic questions. The big, Do I have to pick a pretender? Yes, we're forcing you right now. You have to pick one of these teams to be a pretender. Wow. I, I think the most obvious answer is Michigan. And because they're just like, I feel like they're just good on offense. They're good on defense. They don't necessarily have something like Iowa has a great defense versus an average offense. Where, and Ohio State's offense is great. Uh, Penn State's defense is great. Michigan State's offense, I think, is great. They're very balanced. So I, I I guess Michigan, I would say Michigan State is probably number two out of that. But that's a that's a great question. And the best to me is still Ohio State until somebody can knock them off. They've won, what, three straight Big Ten championships. And um, their offense is just now starting to click. And uh, defense is only getting better every week. Hayden, how about you? What do you have as your biggest pretender right now in the group of five top ten teams? The... Absolute no-brainer pretender so far in in the conference is Michigan State, and you can't argue to me any other way. Uh, I'll go as far as saying that they will lose to all three of the other Big Ten East teams, and they're going to finish. Well, they're what six and zero right now. Yes. Yeah, I would go. I'm going to go on the limb and say they're going to finish eight and four. Pretenders. They're going to lose to all three Big Ten East teams that we're thinking of right now: Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. Plus one additional game. I don't know their schedule, but one additional game in that Michigan State is the pretender in this group. I don't want to pile on to the Spartans, but I do feel that Michigan State probably is the biggest pretender of this group. Just because I think that when, I mean, you can go back to that Nebraska game. This team is very balanced, but when they get overpowered talent-wise, I don't know if they have anybody that's going to be able to actually separate them in a game or at least make a couple big plays. It really took a punt return for them to get that game into overtime. And even once it was there, that interception was the most timely thing. And that credit to the defense is without that. I don't think the Spartans beat Nebraska even then. So I, I'm going to go with them. I kind of am inclined to agree with you that they will lose three more times to those big 10 East teams. I don't know where the fourth loss is. Again, I'd have to look at their schedule, but I'm with you. And that'll lead us into that second question, who is the best team of these five? And right now, it's really tricky because you could say, I feel like I was the most deserving of these five. And at the same point, say that I think Ohio State matches up better with them. And at this point, I, I think that I'm ready to get back on board with the expectations that this team has to be a playoff team. So I have Ohio State as being the best team right now, albeit not the most deserving yet. Yeah, that's pretty similar to the conversation that Hayden and I had on Sunday. Most deserving, it's by far um, Iowa. And and they've looked good, don't get me wrong, but I think my eyes tell me that Ohio State is still clearly the most talented team in the Big Ten. And like I mentioned before, they are starting to roll. But I, I think it's a lot closer. I really do. I think Iowa's defense and also Penn State's defense is that good to give Ohio State a game. 
but like I said, they got they got to beat them first until they you know can knock off Ohio State to be my number one. It's like we're at this weird point, this flex point, where Ohio State has controlled the Big Ten unilaterally for years, where it's been obvious from the the word go who was the best team in the conference, and this is really the first time in some time that it not only feels up in the air, but it's not just one other team. The fact that there are four other Big Ten teams that are in the top ten at least makes you feel like this conference is improving. It's making those steps to become more athletic and match up with Ohio State. And who knows? I mean, right now, Ohio State, they have at least three very good teams that they have to beat to get to the playoff. It's far from a foregone conclusion. If you had asked me this question three weeks ago or even two weeks ago, my answer would have been totally different than it was right now. But I am back on board with buying that Ohio State is going to win the Big Ten East this year, which probably makes them the most likely team to compete for a national title. And I don't think there's any defense in the conference that's going to be able to stop uh, this Ohio State offense. And you look at the teams that could, for example, Iowa. I mean, there's an outside chance that they could slow down Ohio State's offense. But if they do that, they would still have to score, I don't know, 28 points or something like that to win the game. And I just don't know if they'll do that. Penn State, I thought, could be could be one. But we still don't know the status of Sean Clifford. Uh, I just got an alert from the Athletic that their starting defensive tackle, P.J. Mustafer is uh, out for the rest of the season. You know, that's that's a big piece on the inside for them there. So I I don't know about them. Michigan, I, I still don't know what to think about Michigan. They've, they've had a couple close games with some teams that, you know, Nebraska has been trending up, I, I suppose, but I don't know. Like if Michigan's a playoff contender, they'd, they'd probably go in there and win by a couple scores, I would think. So I don't know. I, I, I tend to I, I say Ohio State right now, which is a complete 360 from where I was a couple weeks ago, which is just crazy. It shows you how fast things change here in college football. It really is what makes this sport so special because things are constantly evolving and changing, and it can really be one play that makes a difference for a season. We, we were just talking a couple weeks ago about how it was inevitable that Bama and Georgia are going to be undefeated when they play each other in the SEC title game, and <laughs> one crazy Saturday, Saturday, last Saturday, and I know we already had our recap, was one of the craziest Saturdays that I can remember in, in football. Like, just things that, been, that were happening, it was, it was unbelievable. But, yeah, we get new information all the time, which obviously changes opinions uh, by the week, really. Now, the re- last thing I want to say before we go into our previews, it's just a hypothetical. We can agree, right, that a two-loss Big 12 ACC or Pac-12 champion is left out. Agreed? Yes, I would agree with that. But here, real quick, so I wanted to uh, pose this scenario, I guess. Let's say Ohio State does lose one of the uh, – just one more game this year, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, one of, one of those games. But they still win the conference. So they beat – let's say they lose to Penn State, Penn State loses to Michigan, Ohio State beats Michigan, whatever it works out, and Ohio State is an 11-2 conference champion, are they going to be left out this year, or is this the year that we see a two-loss conference champion get into the playoff? It would A lot of it would depend on what happens elsewhere, too, because if Oklahoma 
is undefeated or has one loss, I think they would still go in ahead of them. I think that if Oregon wins out, they would still go ahead of them. So things naturally are going to be dependent on what happens in the other conferences because there's still a very good chance. If Alabama, like if they win out, you have two SEC teams in because Georgia will likely at that point go into that SEC game undefeated, blah, blah, blah. They have one loss. ACC, I think, is about dead. I think that the Big 12, last week was huge for the Big 12 because if Texas wins that game, I think that they're on a little bit of a, I mean, they, they don't have any room for error. Texas has to win out or Oklahoma has to win out. Now they have that game of Oklahoma Texas wins. Has two losses. You think Texas can make it in with two losses? No, no. What I was saying is that if Texas had one last week, they would have one loss. Then it's no razor room, I guess, between Oklahoma and Texas. So I, I don't know. To answer your question, we have to see what else happens. But I would find it difficult to believe a two-loss Ohio State team gets in this year. But real quick, my scenario for you is, is there a way for three Big Ten teams to get in? That's why I asked if we agreed that those three conferences all have two losses, right? As a winner, hear me out in this scenario. Michigan's only loss the rest of the year is to Ohio State. They're 11-1 and at the end of the regular season. Ohio State wins out the rest of the year and beats an undefeated Iowa team in the Big Ten championship game. You then have three, you would presume, top six Big Ten teams with one loss or fewer. And in this world that we just created, you have a two-loss ACC, Big 12, and Pac-12 champion. I think you could potentially see it, and that would piss off a lot of Cincinnati Bearcat fans. I think if that were the scenario, Cincinnati gets in over one of, I don't know which one, Michigan or Iowa, one of them. I hate the poo-poo your scenario, but I, 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 if that happens, it's, it's Cincinnati's year to get in. Let's go ahead and say Cincinnati has two L's on the schedule, all right? So, Cincinnati's out. I that I, I'm rooting for that. That would be so awesome if three Big Ten teams got in. I think in that scenario, you'd have to play Michigan and Ohio State at two and three, right? You, they'd have to rematch. Is, and then are we saying that Georgia would be Georgia. the one? Yeah, Georgia's at one because they beat Bama and knocked Bama out. And then, yeah, so it'd be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa. And and what a great game that would be between Georgia and Iowa, man. Two great defenses. Wow. That over-under would be like 27. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be 11 and a half. That's all it would be. <laughs> but, no, I now you have me rooting for that. I want to see Georgia and Iowa play now. I don't know about you guys, and it might just be because of us starting the podcast, but I've never been a bigger fan of the entire Big Ten Conference other than this season. I, I don't know how you guys feel, but it's really it's really made college football and, and this season a lot more fun for sure. B-I-G. B-I-G. Sorry. Yes, sir. Love it. Love it. Couldn't help myself. Couldn't help myself. Let's just jump now into our previews. But before we do that, I want to remind you again that we are brought to you by TabEase.com, the best Delta 8 THC edible on the market. It's sugar-free, keto-friendly, gluten-free, heat-resistant, and are made of 100% pharmaceutical-grade ingredients with consistent dosing. And that's a big deal, too, just because a lot of these, they're individually done. So it's going to change every single experience that you have. 
These are going to be the same throughout. No matter what, you take one tab today, it will be the same as you take a tab in a week from now. Not into the Delta ATC, that's not a problem. The Tab East company also offers a CBD option with no Delta 8 THC using the same proprietary drug delivery system to guarantee a perfect dose. Right now at TabEase.com offers three flavors, galactic fruit, watermelon, and mint. I always like mint, so that's the, my go-to without a doubt here. But the new flavors and products will be released monthly, so make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook with the handle TabEaseCo. That's T-A-B-E-A-S-E-C-O. To be the first to know when these drop, you can pick these up at tabease.com with promo code BIG10. That's B-I-G-1-0 for 20% off your entire order with free shipping. Well, let's just jump now into our game previews. The number 10 ranked Michigan State Spartans are going to Indiana, going to Bloomington for the game at noon on FS1. Big Ten doesn't have the noon kickoff this week, or the big noon kickoff, I should say. Michigan State is a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, and Hayden and I kind of were giving them a little bit of hate here to start this episode. But I'm going to just tell you to start. I actually believe in this Spartan team to cover this game of the four-and-a-half points. I'm also going to take the money line here because it is inside that five-point range, and that pays out at minus 210 right now. But I have the under of 48-and-a-half hitting because I have the final score and get a load of this, doesn't get much closer. Michigan State wins this game 27-21, to 21, so that's half a point under the total of 48.5. So, Casey, we'll go to you first this one. You're a little higher on this Spartans team than we are. Do you think that they cover on the road, or do you think Indiana gets a much-needed win here? Yeah, I am a little bit higher than you guys are. Um, I just think their offensive balance has been incredible so far this year. With that being said, I am taking Michigan State – Minus four and a half on the road at Indiana. I was really hoping Indiana would take another step forward this year, but it does not seem like they're going to. So I'm going to roll with Michigan State money line. I'm going to go with the over, though. Again, I, I can't say it enough how incredibly balanced Michigan State's offense is right now. And I just think they're going to be able to put up some points. And I feel like Indiana being at home might get a touchdown or two to start and then maybe a late score to kind of make it look a little closer. I'm going with the over Michigan State one in 35 to 24. Great picks, Casey. I am. Uh, this is scary, though. We're all rolling with Michigan State minus four and a half. Wally, I, we need to go back through and look how many times we've agreed on one pick and see, like, what our record is when we all agree. That would be uh, something interesting to bring up. I'll make sure point. I have that stat for you guys on Sunday morning. There you go. You heard it from the man himself. Yeah, it's scary, but I'm rolling with Michigan State minus four and a half. I, I think it's more of I'm down on Indiana, and I don't know I, I don't know what happened to them. I'm taking the money line. It only makes sense to – I'm actually going with the over. So that's the difference Casey and I have with Wally. Uh, Michigan State will be able to put up some points. And like and like Casey said, maybe, maybe we see Indiana get a little bit of juice to start this game, uh, you know, being at home and whatnot. Maybe that gives them an extra couple points here. So take the over in that one. By the way, and I really don't want to say this because I know it'll come back and bite me. Ever since my horrible, horrible, horrible week two, I have been putting up pretty steady numbers in the positive direction. I'm still not not the king like Wally. Wally's the king. 
I'll admit it, but I am trending in the right direction. And that's my goal for the rest of the rest of the season. Keep trending in that upward, upward climb in the mountain look to bring me in, in more into the green. I want to point out though, because Casey had a really great week last week. He went 10 and two in the records and he went up like six and a half units or so. That was impressive too. All three of us had a net positive week for the first time all year. So that was really nice to have that where we all could kind of go to bed and high five each other on it, on the picks that we went through. But yeah, so Hayden, credit to you. You're back in the positive overall for the entire year as well now. I want to say It's a miracle after week two. <laughs> well, we've all had one week where we lost eight plus units. So we have just have to find a way to avoid that week from hell. Casey's was a couple weeks ago. Mine, I think, was three weeks ago, and yours was right before us. So we're figuring it out. Keep riding. We all are trending upwards right now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you one thing about this Michigan State game real quick. I really, really, really am rooting for Michigan State to win this week, get into their bye week, and then for Michigan to win next week against Northwestern. And really, really rooting for both teams to be 7-0 coming into that October 30th matchup. I think that would be fantastic for the Big Ten the same day that Ohio State and Penn State play. Not trying to look ahead too far, but or give too big of a rooting interest, I guess. But, uh, you know, I'm, I really would like Michigan State to win. It would make for great TV to have Ohio State and Penn State the same day as you get an undefeated top 10 matchup. For the Battle of Michigan, that'd be really cool. But I mean, it's crazy when you look back, too. I guess this will be my last thing I say in this game. How special that Indiana season was last year. Because we're dissecting this and looking back. I mean, they beat teams like Penn State, Michigan State, that they never beat. I mean, they never beat these teams. They beat Michigan, too, I imagine, right? Or am I making that up? Yeah, so you beat all three of these teams that you historically do not beat. It kind of makes you really a little nervous with the way the season's going. I hope that they don't trend back and undo all that positive progress that they had this past year. The Nebraska Cornhuskers are traveling to Minnesota, who I don't think they've played a home game since they lost to Bowling Green a few weeks ago here. Nebraska's a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. This game's on ESPN2 at noon. I'm going to throw it over to Hayden first. Do you think that the Cornhuskers can get it done? Because we keep talking about these positive, kind of like moral victories week in and week out with them right now. But at some point, we got to see them actually finish the job. Do they win in this, I guess, projected close game, according to Vegas? Or do you think that the Golden Gophers might get it done at home? This game was almost worthy of my super lock pick, which, by the way, only has suffered one loss this year. I almost picked Nebraska with the super lock. I, I don't want to put that bad juju on them. I don't want to put that on Scott Frost. I'm going to hold off and save it for another team that really needs my luck. But yeah, Nebraska does get this done. Minus three and a half. They're playing so much better than they did to start the season, which is really, really great to see. Minnesota just lost their backup starting running back, I guess. I don't know how to say it. He's going to be out for the season, I think I read. So that's that's not great for them being on their third running back. Nebraska minus three and a half. Of course, I'll take the money line as well. The over under here is a little tricky because I can't really get a read. I know Nebraska's defense is pretty good. I don't know what Minnesota is going to do on defense in this one. It, it really depends on what Mark Adrian Martinez we get. 
this game, which for my sake, I am hoping we get the good one because I am taking the over. Casey, are you going the over here? That's a lot of points in the Big Ten, a whole 48 and a half. Who do you have? <laughs> yeah, I'm going with the under. I'll give you that real quick since we were just talking about that. Uh, I'm going with the under. I'm going with Nebraska minus three and a half and Nebraska money line. I have Nebraska winning 24 to 14. I agree with Hayden. I do think that Nebraska is playing very well in the past uh, three or four weeks now. But this is a big game for two reasons, in in my opinion, real quick. One, Minnesota still has a legit shot to win the West if they can pull off this win. And then, you know, obviously they'd have to, you know, beat Wisconsin and um, Iowa still. But there's an outside chance that Minnesota still does have a chance to win the Big Ten West. And then I think it's important for Nebraska because for as well as they played the past three or four weeks, if you lose this game, I think you're right back to where you were four four or five weeks ago with wondering if Scott Frost can be your head coach again. Because this is a game where Nebraska should have the more talent and Nebraska has a lot of momentum. Minnesota just lost to Bowling Green two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever it was, that's another reason why I'm not going with Minnesota on this game. I don't think I will go with them the rest of the year. But I, I think it's a very important game for both both teams and for Nebraska more specifically. I think it's a, you know, they're, they're riding high right now and they need to keep that momentum going. You're right, because if they do lose this game, all of a sudden you're three and five. We talked going into that Buffalo matchup even about how important that two, three-week stretch was for the tenure of Scott Frost. And that went about as well as you could have, and it kind of built a little bit of that trust with the, I feel like, the program and the fan base again. But then you turn around and you lose a couple games really close that had you won, they could have really been building blocks. But because you keep losing, you have to, I mean, at some point you have to just get it done, right? We can't just say, wow, another really tough effort for Nebraska. They're playing really hard for the guy. That's great, but you got to win football games. And I think that this is one of those key times where you look and you're 100% right. This is an underwhelming Minnesota team without a pass attack. We've been very high. I know that I've been glowing about this Nebraska defense all year. If they're going to get it done, if they're going to take those steps to become a real team in the Big Ten West again, These are the kind of games you have to win, and you have to win convincingly. They get it done. I have them winning this game, covering and the under, win this 26-17. Now our next game, good luck trying to get through this. I mean, I don't know how this is going to even be watchable, but Rutgers is going to Evanston to face Northwestern at noon on Big Ten Network. Vegas somehow figured out that this is a a point-and-a-half spread in favor of Rutgers, so they are the narrow road favorite here. The over-under is set at 44 and a half. These teams have only matched up four times before, Rutgers winning three of them. However, Northwestern won the only meeting these teams have had, I guess, in the last 30 years and only Big Ten matchup in 2018. Hayden, we're going to go to you first. You seem very enthusiastic about this pick. Which way are you going? Perhaps is this where the super lock comes into play?
Well, let me explain to you how this game is going to be watchable. You are right. The super lock is going on this game because I don't know. I, I don't know what Vegas is seeing here, but the super lock is on Rutgers, not money line minus one and a half. Take that extra half point. That's fine. Take the super lock Rutgers minus a half. I don't see any way that they don't get this get this job done. Northwestern's offense is absolutely abysmal. And that's kind of the strength of Rutgers, right? Is their defense is not like not great, but not bad, I guess I should say. So that's the that's the easiest pick of my life. And on Sunday when we record again, I'm I'm gonna be regretting saying that I'm I'm sure, but yeah, Rutgers minus one and a half super lock. Rutgers money line as well. I'll even go as far as saying Rutgers is going to win this game big, and that's why I also have the over of 44.5. Very confident about this one. Make sure you tune in for the super lock. Casey, are you riding with the super lock this week, or are we going the other direction? I am riding with the super super lock this week. I am right there with you, Hayden. I don't know what in the heck Vegas sees in Northwestern to make this game to make Rutgers a one and a half point favor only. So I'm going with Rutgers minus one and a half. Hayden, that's a great pick. Rutgers money line. I'm going with the under. I think it's because I don't really have any faith in either offense. I think I just have a little bit more faith in Rutgers offense, but uh, North Northwestern's offense has looked terrible at times this year. So I'm, I'm going with the under at Rutgers one in 24 to 10. There you have it. All right, cool. Then I'm going to have to decide the tiebreaker here on that over-under because I'm the exact same with you. I'm riding with the super lock. It makes me uncomfortable. This is a though. horrible sign. Yes, you're 100% right. It's a horrible sign because all three of us are not only taking this game, but it sounds like all three of us are very comfortable taking this game. I don't know what Vegas is doing here. They must know something we don't because this Northwestern offense is very, very bad. I understand the defense has been at least functional. But, I mean, if you can't score points, I don't know how you're going to get it done. Rutgers wins this game. They're going to score enough to help get the over there. So I'm riding with you as well, Hayden. I have Rutgers 27-24. to 24. Then our, I, I honestly, it's crazy to say, but it's one of our better games of the entire slate. But Purdue is going to number two, Iowa. Iowa is an 11.5-point favorite here. I'm riding with that Iowa to cover the spread. The over-under is at 42 and a half. I'm going with the under by a little. I have it at 28 to 13. I think it's going to be another game where Iowa's defense is going to overpower an, an overmatched Big Ten offense and Purdue's going to struggle, turn the ball over a few times, and that's the only thing that worries me about the over-under here. But we'll save Casey's Iowa Hawkeyes for last. Go to him. Hayden, where do you have here? You riding with that 11 and a half? Because we know that's a lot of points for the Iowa Hawkeyes offense. That is a lot of points for this Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm actually I'm actually taking Purdue in this one, plus the 11 and a half. I, I, and I think a lot of that is going to be maybe a little hangover from Iowa. You know, they just had a huge, huge emotional come from behind win, right? And that takes a lot out of the team. Purdue, I'm sure, will be gunning for them. They'll be ready to go. Uh, being a pretty big dog in this game. So I think Purdue hangs around, keeps it close. Uh, maybe a little backdoor cover there at the end, perhaps. That'd be nice. I'm also taking the under. I think, I don't know, Iowa's offense I don't trust really worth anything. And I know what Iowa's defense is. They're, they're not going to let Purdue score too much 
on Saturday. So take the under. I'm going to go here. Let's do this. 24 to 13. Barely. It's crazy. That was the score I had written down earlier. And I was like, ah, that's 11. I want it to be over. So that's where I disagreed, Hayden. But now we'll go to you, Casey. You're Iowa Hawkeyes, believe it or not. I thought this was a little crazy. They trailed the all-time series 49-39-3 to Purdue. And Purdue's won three of four. So they have kind of had their number historically. Does Iowa get it done? Do they cover here? And how many points we got going on? Wow, yeah, that's a that's a crazy stat there. And they won last year's meeting. And, you know, really, if Iowa doesn't lose that game, they're they're sitting at six and one, you know, in the and they wouldn't have made the the Big Ten championship, but they would have made a nice little bowl game had they not lost that game. I'm I'm gonna roll with Iowa minus eleven and a half. Being an Iowa Hawkeye fan, I typically don't ride with them on, on the spread. But I just think they're going to overwhelm Purdue. Hayden, I understand what you're saying about the hangover, but I would be more inclined to believe that they that they would have a hangover had they traveled to Purdue, in my opinion. I think being at home, they're going to be comfortable. They're going to be able to do whatever they want. I have the overhitting, though. I think that Iowa is going to create a bunch of turnovers and give their, give their offense a lot of short field opportunities. And so they, they'll either cast those in with the field goals or touchdowns, but barely have the over. I have Iowa winning 31-14. to 14. And let's go to our final game of the week now. Army is going up to Camp Randall. It's a night game on Big Ten Network at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Wisconsin is a 13.5-point favorite in this game, and the over-under is set at 39.5. So Vegas is expecting a low-scoring game. These teams, they have not met before. And Army's coming into this game 4-1 on the season. So this is an Army football team that knows how to win football games. It's going to be interesting because this is a very good Wisconsin Badgers defense. Casey, we'll go to you first on this one. The Badgers defense is very good against the run. And Army historically does not throw the ball. You would have to imagine this is strength on strength is going to determine who is going to cover in this game. Do you side with the Badgers defense? Or are you going with Army to cover the 13.5, perhaps even pull off an upset? I'm going to go with Army plus 13.5. I did not realize that they are 4-1. Wisconsin, I don't think, I guess the get-right game was all right. They won by 24 points last week, but their offense still didn't look that good. And I, I just think a triple option Army team to prepare for in one week is, is very difficult no matter how good of a defense you have and so I'm, I'm rolling with RB plus 13 and a half I don't think they pull off the upset though um, but I do see this game being 20 to 17. Hayden we'll go to you now do you agree with Casey that the Black Knights are going to keep this game close or do you think Wisconsin handles their business? Many of you may recall I think I said this on the podcast a couple weeks ago that Army was going to beat Wisconsin I have changed my tune on that drastically. Uh, I think Wisconsin is going to cover. Uh, I'm backing away. That was that was a bold, bold hot take for me that I will not put my actual money on. I will take the under though because I this game is going to be boring as hell. I think like super boring to watch. Wisconsin wins twenty four to three. 
I'm very close with you, actually. So we're going to keep the board very similar again here, Hayden. I have Wisconsin winning this game 31-3. to So that would give you the under, and it would give you the Badgers covering. I just don't think that this Black Knights offense is going to be able to have sustained success. You might have them moving the ball a little bit here, having that 30-, 40-yard drive, but you cannot make any mistakes against a defense as talented. And I think that's going to happen where on drives, whether it be you fall behind schedule on first down, they're going to have a hard time scoring points. And that's why I have the score like it is. Less of anything I think about the Wisconsin offense. All about that respect to the defense. Now that Army defense, they, they've got uh, they've got a good squad on on their hands too. They only give up an average of two hundred and seventy six yards a game, which I know that might be a little misleading because they probably have I don't have that stat in front of me a very wide margin of time. Let me just stop you. They gave up twenty one points to UConn, and arguably the worst team in FBS, but they scored fifty two. So legit offense mixed with you know so I, I said they have a good squad i didn't say they had a wisconsin squad but just just something to keep an eye on lost to ball state no big deal respect the troops yeah i i was just tr- i was just trying to find something to uh confirm my reasoning for going army plus 13 and a half and i i'm not sure i found it but i'm gonna stick to my guns He's sticking to his guns. And with that, we are going to wrap this show up. That's going to bring us to the end of another edition of Pigs, Kittens, and Nylon. Brought to you by TabEase.com, the world's best Delta 8 edible. We'll be back early next week to break down the Week 7 games. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at P&NPod. Facebook at P&NPod. And Instagram also at P&NPod. That reminds me too. Casey, you did a good job at the P and N pods and you thought you were doing poorly. It's a tongue twister. It's tricky. So don't beat yourself up. Final thoughts do you guys have before we throw these guys out for the weekend? Really looking forward to our game on Friday. Hayden, best of luck to you on Friday, man. Wally, I can't wait to see you again on Sunday. Anyway, have a good weekend. I am looking forward to, I can't believe I'm, this is weird to say. I am looking forward to having a weekend where Ohio State is not playing so I can just kind of relax and watch uh, as much college football as I possibly well, It's so weird. You know, usually if Ohio State's not on, I'm definitely going to watch the Michigan game. Well, they're not playing this weekend either. But I'm sure I'll find some games to get into. I don't know what the uh, primetime game on ABC is, but I'm sure it'll be all right. So I'm looking forward to this this weekend. Nice and relaxing, hopefully. Also, last thing. It's like the middle of October and I still have my AC on. What kind of, what, what world are we living in right now? It's like 80 degrees, 75 degrees outside. This is unreal. You're going to be shoveling a driveway in about six weeks. So drink it in, Hayden. Do not let it go fast. Otherwise, my final thought for you guys tonight, having NHL back on ESPN has been so much fun for me. Even tonight, it's back on TNT. I'm having a blast with it. That song is just, it gives me goosebumps even hearing it. A lot of people, you just take for granted how you have all these songs like the Sunday Night Football song, or like for us, the CBS 330 football song that you know is the SEC game. It really all started with that NHL song on ESPN. It's the longest tenured one ever. It's awesome. So having it back in my life is, I couldn't be happier, honestly. But that's it for me. So unless you guys have anything else, 
Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you back here next week for episode 31 of Pigskins and Nylon. 